Hello, this is Ryan Jump, and I'm here with my friend Andrew. And guess what we're going to talk about today? Star Wars. This time it's Empire Strikes Back. And a lot of people would probably say um, this is probably in their top three of favorite Star Wars movies. I don't know. What do you have to say, Andrew? It's my favorite movie of all time. It's my favorite Star Wars. Oh. And... Um, this movie is really well loved. <laughs> so it's really your favorite movie out of of all time, out of all the movies? Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, just sit back and relax and let us hear us gush about how wonderful this movie is. So, so um, this is probably the loosest will, uh, we've been for any of the Star Wars movies so far. As I talked about, this is... Uh, so well loved of a movie it's been uh bunged out in every sort of way possible so we're probably going to do something a bit different more just talk about our experience with it yeah um i guess the first time i saw this movie i was probably 10 years old in the 90s they were i was living in maryland at the time and uh they were uh bringing back the star wars movies um i guess in preparation for, um, I don't know, but Phantom Menace didn't come out, what, in like 1999? 99. Yeah, so um, maybe that's why they're bringing it out. But I really did enjoy the film. I mean, I was 11 years old when I did see it. Um, but um, I was still really impressed with it. Um, but I think it wasn't until I saw it for like the second, third, fourth time that I really, really um, could understand it better and enjoy it. Uh, what was your experience, Andrew? So, I don't know if I talked about this on one of the other casts or not, but um, my experience with it being a 2000s kid when they're already out was um, when I was a kid, we had those 90s special editions on the, the gold VHS, uh, except one of the tapes was always missing. I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> um, so, I don't know what the first Star Wars movie I saw was. Oh, Wow. But then soon after we got the uh, the 04 special editions that were on the DVD, and that's definitely more what I grew up with, wherein, uh, yeah, Empire was definitely my favorite even as a kid. It was more child reasons that basically uh, Snow World is better than Lava World and <laughs> the, the cool Cloud World and w walking camels. Yeah. Um, and stuff. But, well, now I obviously like it for more, you know, film reasons. Like I, I really love the, the ballsy tone for this movie, the, how dark they went yeah. while also still having this adventurous sort of tone and um, just the world building and the mythos of exploring what the force is and right. These um, cool lightsaber battles, the, the filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, you would say that the lightsaber battles and this one uh, is better than in the first one. Well, of course, they weren't. They weren't two old men poking each other with sticks. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, speaking of sticks, well, lightsaber. Uh, one question I had was: um, uh, Can can anybody use a lightsaber? Because in this movie, we have Han Solo briefly using a lightsaber um, to help save Luke. Yeah, it's pretty much like a blaster uh, in the way that basically it's not like coded to the the force user. As long as you can pick it up and flip the switch, you can use a lightsaber. Okay, so you don't have to have be one with the force or anything. You don't no, a, a Jedi or anything. Um, okay, so uh, getting back, um, kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but um, um, how many years do you think it was uh, that George Lucas? waited before he started working on um or before, you know empire strikes back do you think he, he as soon as started the first star wars out he's okay this month this movie made a lot of money now we gotta start working on the second or do you think he already had a trilogy already planned this this new star wars do you know i definitely think he did have a trilogy plan but that's the thing though too is there's uh a lot of us like to talk about is basically uh for one, it took three years for them to make Empire Strikes Back, so okay. depending on when they actually started for one. But also what's weird, too, is that, uh, as far as the discussion point, is basically 
A New Hope actually is a very, very fulfilling and complete movie if it were to have been the only Star Wars movie. I think you can assume that the Emperor uh, probably died on the Death Star if that was the only thing and that they just restored peace to the galaxy then and there. There's not sure there's ongoing little story threads about Luke's father and wherever from A New Hope, but still, it's nothing that really needed to be expounded upon. Yeah, but um, good, good thing he did. He he had this all planned out. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, so here's a question for you. So since um, this was like your favorite movie, did you ever dress up as a kid as one of the characters from Star Wars? Of course. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of course. How old were you? Do you remember? Uh, I think I did it multiple times, different oh, okay. Halloweens. Uh, I know one of the ones I was Darth Vader. Really? Wow. Uh, uh, did you have the red lightsaber and all? Yep. Wow. Uh, I have very, very fond memories of, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers the old lightsabers that you got at Walmart, that yeah. um, you had to push down that big, fat red button and then flick the lightsaber right. to make it uh, shoot out. Oh, okay, yeah. All, yeah. The, all the different colors of the rainbow we had for that one. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, I I wish I did. I would. I guess I was Spider Man one, or the Grim Reaper another year. I don't remember many other ones. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, what? Well, um, would you? What would you say about like the acting quality? Could you feel like the acting quality might have been better in Empire Strikes Back compared to New Way Hope? Or do you feel like just the same greatness? It's great, and yeah. because of a new hope existing, they definitely had all that time to uh, for me to really figure out their characters and Leia not to do weird British accents anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie Fisher had that on the first one. Yes. Uh, so I, I didn't show you what I know. I didn't know she was uh, from England. No, no, she's not from England. Oh, it's uh, she, There's the one scene in A New Hope where uh, she was mocking Tarkin by doing the oh. uh, the the really the the posh sort of thing about oh. bl- blowing oh. up the planets. Um <laughs> or uh. that's kind of how we reconcile it but I mean it was definitely still her Carrie Fisher just trying to figure out what Leia sounds like but yeah. that's the point though is yeah they're not doing that anymore after a new hope. Right. Um okay. I uh, have a list of other questions or comments that I've made um during the making this and I just going to refer to it um okay so in this um movie um basically luke is told to try to find yoda to try to and and is luke told to do this because he sees the force ghost of obi-wan to tell him to do this or do you remember trying to remember so in the crawl they discussed that uh obi-wan didn't just materialize out of nowhere over these three or so years it's been since A New Hope like in universe okay. that uh, Obi-Wan has been training him from beyond the grave. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I'm assuming that yeah, Obi-Wan's probably reached the end of what he can do as a teacher, so since they need Yoda. In person. Okay. Yeah. And then um, so here's a little funny comment I thought is that when, Luke's lo- when Luke lands on this planet to find Yoda, does he just take a snack and like put it in a tray that then comes out of R2-D2 or does R2-D2 refrigerate the food or he just hold it for Luke or uh, I, I I don't remember this in any other Star Wars movies R2-D2 having this capability but um, so it's just pretty much just a lunchbox that Luke carries around it's part oh, of the okay. rebel equipment what's funny too is um, a lot of it's supposed to look like weird space adventure dude uh food it's not supposed to look like anything we have on earth but you can clearly see cheetos in more than one shot i think you can even see mashed potatoes and gravy <laughs> but i know for sure the cheetos wow i wonder if the cheetos had to put in like you know pay george lucas so much money to put their product placement in that like, like, they couldn't have just used blue milk from the first one. Or, you know, yeah. Like, try to convince us that this is not real food. Uh, um, I guess uh, one of the quotes I have, I think Yoda said that wars not make one great. 
Um, I guess Yoda's Yoda trying to talk to Luke about his father, and like Luke's trying to be like his father because his father Luke trying to his father fought in the wars or something. Or? So um, the context for this quote is uh, Luke still doesn't get that Yoda is Yoda. He thinks that he's just this crazy psychotic oh, green dude on yeah, Dagobah, yeah. and he's going, I, "I'm looking for a great warrior." Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. and that's what yeah, Yoda says, "Wars not make one great." Yeah, yeah, because Yoda hasn't tipped his hand and tell him that I'm the Jedi you're looking for to train you. And so. it, I, I kind of wish I could have lived in a world without before the prequels just to get that sort of accept because, I mean. I know there's probably some, uh, you know, smart ass out there that's just like, oh, yeah, I knew Yoda was Yoda. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Who are you trying to fool? Nobody uh, knew Yoda was Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now there's baby Yoda, Mandalorian. Just because of, of how cool uh, of a plot twist it is in and of itself, but also just... It's kind of a, a neat lesson as far as just, yeah, don't go in with these sorts of expectations of who you're looking for in life. Yeah, right. You're, you're, you're always going to be surprised by something. Yeah. Um, something, so then, um, did you ever dress up as Yoda for Halloween? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no love for Yoda here. Um, I... Uh, another thing I'm talking about, about C-3PO's uh, correspondence with Han Solo. How could you say, how, like, Han Solo's relationship with C-3PO? Do they like each other? Does Han Solo like C-3PO, or would he rather just, like, be done? He is annoyed by him, but it's more like the sort of thing where it's that the annoying friend in the group. Mm. That basically, yeah, he annoys the crap out of you, and, you know, you still deal with it. Yeah. So I must be the annoying friend of the group. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, he, you know, he's a good guy to have around. Yeah. Um, we also see, I think, in this one, early on, um, we had this almost like this little love triangle between uh, Princess Leia, Luke, and Han Solo. Of course, Luke and Han, uh, Luke and Leia don't know that they're related. Uh, spoiler warning. <laughs> But um, this movie is really uncomfortable to watch. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like George Lucas. Did he know that he was going to input that plot plot point later on in Return of Jedi, or is this is related, or who knows? Especially because of Return of the Jedi, this is definitely one of the things that like kind of dings the original trilogy as far as like planning goes. Yeah. You can definitely tell that wasn't the plan originally. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then there's, but there's banter between, um, Han Solo and, um, Leia and, you know, and Han Solo is trying to sw swoon, you know, woof, you know, Leia and stuff. And Leia's like, oh, I, I only like, I only like nice men. And Han's like, well, I could be a nice, I could be a nice man. And then, um, it looks like they're about to kiss, but then C-3PO barges in and tells him, oh, there's some problem or whatever. And I think that's another reason why Han Solo doesn't like C-3PO because he has impeccable bad timing. But, I don't know. Because he cockblocks him? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're going to have to wait for the sequel. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, any through these, but okay, let's talk about uh, the Battle of Hoth because okay. that was like one of my oh, favorite yeah, things yeah, as a yeah. kid. Yeah, the the giant robot camels were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, um, as a kid, like seriously, that sold me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, and then it's funny because like the, the the guns from the the robes or whatever one, you know, the squadron or whatever, aren't doing any damage to these. You know these big mecha creatures, but the thing that does do damage is when Luke shoots out the grappling hook thing or whatever, and yeah, when he binds the legs. Yeah. So well, the filmmaking too, as it get 
I, I wasn't the smartest kid around uh, when I was a kid. I, I didn't really pay attention to, you know, that sort of thing. But it still kind of caught my eye every once in a while, some of the filmmaking stuff. Yeah. But basically, that's what I was talking about earlier when I said, you know, uh, uh, Snow World is better than Lava World. Yeah. It was basically, yeah, the prequels are, are my Star Wars as far as when they came out and whatever. But sure. just something about The Empire Strikes Back had always just impressed me more for as cool as Mustafar was, that basically just the snow environment and like this, the design of the AT-ATs as far as like just behind the scenes, that like, all of that was, there's, there's not really any CGI. There, there's definitely some, some CG when it comes like certain flying shots, whatever, but yeah, or whatever the precursor to CG was, I, but yeah, I couldn't really see any CG. They looked, yeah, they looked awesome. But like with the ships and whatever, there's uh the AT-ATs were very very much a um um I can't think of what models. Oh okay. Uh, you, you can actually find behind the scenes footage of basically them. Uh, oh, it, just moving them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the people we use in sticks whenever to move them. Oh, were, wow. The one AT-AT uh, that Luke throws the bomb inside the that makes oh, its yeah. head blow up. Right. Yeah. In the movie, too, uh, I guess they didn't edit it out. You can still see it, is that if you look at the uh, one of the back legs really closely at the bottom, you can see a, a wooden stick being pushed out to the snow to oh. no- knock the model over. Oh, wow. It, it, I mean, I know I talked about last time, like, certain little stuff like that being distracting, but for me, it's actually really not that distracting just because it's so blink and you miss it, for one, but also I think it's cute. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I like that just handmade sort of feel to the movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, and that's still a problem now. Uh, I'll, I'll be brief with this one just because okay. of how off topic it is. But sure, that's yeah. still a problem now uh, with, like, you know, Marvel movies sometimes where it just how just very um, – it, it doesn't have that sort of, like, handmade feel. To it. Yeah. it doesn't feel as so passionate. It's on CGI and stuff. Yes, which um, – and I'm saying that as someone who's way more lenient on it than other people do, that I am I am fine with the Marvel movies. Where It's just, I, I more see it as it, it would be better if they did have this thing than yeah. it, uh, they're bad for not having it. Yeah. Like, and sometimes some of those movies that have, like, puppets in it, that have, you know, like Jim Henson's puppets were, like, Labyrinth or or Yoda himself. That's a puppet. Yeah, that's a puppet. Yeah, right. You know, sometimes those Frank Oz. Better. Yeah, Frank Oz. I want and only. So um, it's pretty amazing. I just feel so authentic. I just love it when I can really like believe that this world exists that feels tangible. Yeah, yeah. But uh, back on subject. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, the the Mel of Hoth is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's really cool, and and it's funny, and uh, in that scene with um, on on Hoth, um, how Luke helps destroy some of those um, was referenced in uh, Iron Man. I'm not Iron Man, Captain America: Civil War by uh, Spider Man. I think it, it it really goes to show how much of a lasting impact Hoth had on me that. Anytime I see snow out anymore, that just immediately where my brain goes. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the inner kid in me wants to make the, the choo-choo, choo-choo noises and crap before <laughs> I see snow anymore. Oh, no. I remember back as a kid, uh, I, I think there's a few times, too, that I, I, I actually did take my Star Wars figures out in the oh. snow where I actually like, <laughs> made made off and Marvel. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, getting video footage? No. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> thank, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, your mom secretly with the camera. Uh, um, okay. Um, I think the only other sort of Star Wars belt that came close to Hoth was definitely Endor out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, I kind of did the same thing, too. I know even my mom did, too. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, you're Luke Skywalker and whatever out into the woods and pretend you're in Return of the Jedi doing the Endor thing. Yeah, um, and do we ever see those? Um, what ATT? ATAT. ATAT. Do we ever see any of those ATATs ever again in any of those Star Wars movies? There's one blink and you miss it shot on Endor in Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay, okay. So 
Is that basically we don't? That's the only one we see because all the other ones were destroyed, or they just decided to. Uh... I kind of wish that they would have used them again, but by the same token, I think it makes it feel special that they were only used this once. Yeah, it's like okay, got the ice world. This is gonna work great, and then and Luke it definitely and uh, for the same reason, it definitely made it feel special when, even though they're not actually ATATs, when they use those in Rogue One on Scarif. They had the weird uh, version of that, like the weird brown on the side. Yeah, that's true. Those were ATACTs, but okay. whatever. Precursor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, alrighty. Um, so interesting quote. I thought the Emperor says Emperor Palpatine, right? He says something which we don't know is Palpatine, right? Yes, and. Please remind me later, uh, because I don't think we did it last time. We need to talk about the special edition, especially since you brought them up before. Okay. Because uh, even though this movie is definitely one of the ones I don't feel as uh, as as um, defiled by the special editions, yeah. um, it, I don't know. They definitely still have some changes to them, just like some of the other oh, ones. Oh, okay. Because of changing in script. Or yeah, in special line. effects, more oh. of a two. With that uh, 90s version you watch, too. Okay. Because, uh, like, one of them is the Emperor. Uh, the way the Emperor looked near, how, how... I'm sure you noticed, too, how really off the Emperor looked. That he looked weird and, like, yellow, and his eye was, like, bulging out to one side, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Which... On there. <laughs> well, apparently what they did, too, for that movie was that was... Uh, they mixed a monkey with uh, some actor that was around at the time... And oh. made that look for the Emperor. Oh, wow. This was obviously before the prequels came out, so yeah. that just what was what the Emperor looked like. But even then, the next movie over, Return of the Jedi, they used the prequel actor Ian McDermott. Oh, okay. It was cool. Uh, the special editions in a four replaced the awful, awful monkey Emperor thing with oh, wow. with Ian McDermott. Yeah. yeah. And it looked so much better. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um. So the Emperor said something like. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. So I was wondering, so who is the father? Who is the Skywalker that the Emperor is talking? I think the Emperor is talking to Darth Vader. Yeah. So is the Emperor saying that you, Darth Vader, you're the Skywalker, so the son of Skywalker, I'm speaking to you in the third person, must not become a Jedi? Or does he does or is the Emperor saying he doesn't even know who the original Skywalker is, who's, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he uh, Vader is the father. Yeah, but does the Emperor know that Vader is the he, father? I point? think he does, yeah. But why doesn't he just say, your son? Is it just to well, because, not reveal it to the end? or Yeah, that sort of thing. I, I think he kind of wants to pretend like he doesn't know and whatever. Okay. So he, he, he's choosing his phrasing carefully so he can... Pretend like he didn't know Luke existed this whole time, okay. even though he actually did. Kind of, uh, didn't always know. He knew longer than he let on. Okay, okay. And that's the other thing too is, I think I've seen some people kind of try to uh, act like the uh, the phrasing, the lines don't really make sense as far as like they only work the first time when you don't know Vader is the father. Uh, but I don't know. To me, it does make sense that uh, the way he phrases of the son of Skywalker instead of just saying you. Yeah. Just because, yeah, they've always treated Vader and Anakin as two distinct and separate characters, even though they are physically the same person. Okay. It would make sense okay. to say the son of Skywalker because Vader doesn't associate with Anakin. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wonder, when did Darth Vader know? Did he know the same time as the Emperor that, that Luke was his son? So in the comics right now, um, what I understand be canon is basically uh, sometime a little bit after uh, the Death Star blew up, uh, Vader hired Boba Fett to find out who exactly was the pilot that Thrawn Vader failed to shoot down, but also who blew up the Death Star, yeah. which um, Boba found the identity and uh, it, it doesn't mean anything to Boba, obviously, but that's what he goes uh the, the pilot's name is Skywalker, and, and it, the, the panel they show where Vader breaks the glass in front of him, wherever it, oh. th because he immediately knows, a, he immediately uh, obviously understands the implications of the pilot being named Skywalker. Yeah, because he's <laughs> Skywalker. 
So, yes. So this is either my nephew or my son or my grandson. It's it's Owen. <laughs> it's Owen. <laughs> Owen, I never do. Uh, um so uh uh Yoda talks about um Yoda's training. Yoda reveals himself to Luke that he's really, you know, the Yoda, the Jedi is supposed to train Luke. And Yoda says something much, so basically saying that the anger that he sees in Luke, he also saw in his father. But I guess he's talking to Obi-Wan as a force ghost. And Obi-Wan said, Obi -Wan said, was I any different? And I thought that was interesting because it makes me think that, well, are they trying to say that Obi-Wan himself had a lot of anger in him as well? Yeah, that's one of the, one, one of the lines I'll admit kind of is a little weird just because it's never been elaborated on. And especially just because in the prequels, yeah. even though, yeah, Obi-Wan is shown to be a little um, ambitious in the first one, that he's like right. really right. wants that Jedi Knight title that he's yeah. he did challenge Qui-Gon a few times. He's yeah. generally pretty like obedient to Qui-Gon and, and, and was very devout as a Jedi that basically... Yeah, he, he followed all the, the code of the letter. He, he was oh, the embodiment of a Jedi. You never really saw that anger. And I know they talked about him using anger in his fight against Maul the one time or but yeah, it's not really anything that you see in his general like ingrained personality. Yeah, and then you and then I'm still watching the um, uh, the Clone Wars. When you finish it, did you remember seeing during the episode nope. of the Clone Wars that he was angry? Really, that didn't elaborate on it either. Yeah, so it, it feels like something that George had some sort of idea of what Obi Wan wanted to be, but. He kind of changed a little bit because of the prequels. Okay. Okay. Um, there's this attack of, I think, the Minox. Do you know anything about the Minox from the book, reading a book or anything? They're just random creatures. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Nice number two. Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Speaking of this movie being iconic, yeah, yeah Boba Fett. He only has like a few lines in the movie, and he's uh, he's like one of the most iconic characters. Uh, it's yeah. really weird how much people latched on to this dude. Yeah, I wonder if because he was so latched onto, why they included him in Return of the Jedi, or just to be lamely thrown to the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> yeah, but but does he survive the Sarlacc pit? Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, it's like it's like one of the good things that Disney took from the old canon. Um. So yeah, I have you watched any of the um, the book of Boba Fett? Yeah, um, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but uh, okay. we'll talk about this some other day. All right, yeah, some other day. Okay. <laughs> I have not watched any yet. I mean, I still got to watch Mandalorian. I'm kind of disappointed by it. Oh, but that's the other thing, though. Too besides Book of Boba Fett. Even though the Mandalorian isn't Boba Fett, yeah. obviously, yeah, it took from Boba Fett. He is the original Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This uh, whole culture of the dude, uh, of these people that wear weird mailbox-shaped helmets. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's really Lancelot underneath, or Prince Arthur, or maybe. What's kind of cool too? That's too. The whole design of the outfit is really cool too, with like the. How it looks like medieval, uh, European medieval mixed with samurai. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is that supposed to look like the weird T on it? More, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> what do their eyes look like? And that's the other thing, too, that I think made people so drawn to Boba Fett is just uh, because we never saw a face and he speaks so little. Yeah. There's just so much that you can plug into for his backstory where it just. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of us just really like mystery. Yeah, right. Um, so it was kind of well. The other one too is that yeah, he he talked back to Boba to uh, Darth Vader and he lived. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like yeah, that one scene where he's going, uh, he, he's no good to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. Uh, the and the one that everybody knows, too, as far as him talking back to Vader and somehow living, yeah. is, uh, yeah, where he's going, uh, what if he doesn't survive? He's no good to me dead. Right, yeah. It's like, wow. Um, another Yoda quote, do or do not, there is no try. Um, 
that's that's been memed forever. Yoda is iconic. So yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Yoda really is iconic. He has so many uh, interesting, just really good quotes. I mean, he's like a very like like a wise sage, you know. And um, um, I guess we were talking about uh, a little bit off recording, but uh, um, he does show up in Return of the Jedi. But um, I guess the the puppet that they used, you said. I know. Um, Didn't look as fitting or. Last Jedi? Oh, yeah. the puppet. Um, For Yoda. Yeah, they did something with the CG and whatever. Uh, we'll probably talk about it more with the Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the other things pertaining to Yoda, too, that I know a lot of people are kind of split on is um, how he's portrayed in here versus how, he, how he's portrayed in the prequels. Yeah. Where he's more of this, like, wise sage monk dude that's like i was just spouting one-liners whatever um while the prequels he's more of a um he, he's more of this warrior dude yeah that, uh, just that, that you know he's always going out uh to you know make the peace and whatever he's leading the clones yeah the whole thing well and that's why i think though too is um because I know there's a lot of people that don't like that prequel interpretation. They feel like it's butchering it, but I have always liked it. Um, I can see where they're coming from, but I feel like it does have way more of a natural progression from one interpretation to the other for one. Yeah. But also, I kind of feel like people misremember how Yoda was. He he wasn't a warmonger in the prequels. Yeah. Um, he, he did still actually... He still did come off as this wise dude that was, um, you know, trying to lead the Jedi and whatever. Right. Although he's, uh, unlike uh, the more original trilogy version of himself, he was a bit arrogant just because of what time the Jedi were in, where they're one of the best times they could possibly be. They're in power and whatever, and he was in a rut, you know? It was kind of like in the prequels, like he had to be a fighter. He had to, you know, do these exactly. and and fight because there's all these wars. Whereas now it's like, well, yes, we've got Darth Vader, and yes, we've got stormtroopers. But I don't know. And maybe I mean, well, and for the original trilogy, age, but well, and for the original trilogy version too, I kind of liked that they did that in the prequels, just because it makes it because of the tie that basically when he was forced into this bad place where he lost and and he wasn't more uh, thinking of the Jedi and really more just directly thinking about their core philosophies where he lost, that he is forced to come back and find himself this way. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things he said was, I think in episode three, was into exile, I must go. I think the biggest feeling you can get uh, out of Yoda in here uh Specifically, when you already know about the prequels, it's basically regret. Yeah. Really bad regret you can feel uh, from Yoda and Empire. Must feel like almost like no matter of all the things that he did, of everything he sacrificed, everything he tried to do, and yet he's so lost, maybe he was suffering depression. I don't know. What do you think? Or do you don't think that? Something like that, probably. Yeah, I mean, it probably does feel hopeless. I mean, not only did this uh, that Anakin not turn out to be who they thought they were, at least in Yoda's eyes, right? It's that Palpatine perverted him, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, see, that's the biggest kicker, <laughs> right? Yeah, that they lost somebody to the dark side of the force to help of, of Anakin's. Like, quality. Palpatine's probably still laughing about it to that day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see if he's still laughing in the Rise of Skywalker. Oops. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about that. There's Get only, out of here, Ryan. <laughs> there's only eight episodes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but um, uh, let's see. Oh, so there's something else that happens where it seems like Luke sees the future um, via the Force. Then when he is training with Yoda, is there other Jedi that can use this trick? Yeah, they can all do that, but it takes a bit of training. Um, okay. 
You're, He's definitely more able to do this because Yoda. Uh, there. Okay. One other thing, too, that I was going to bring up, just because so many people get confused by the timeline of this movie, Luke was there for, like, a month. Training with Yoda? Yeah. Okay. Like, at least three weeks. All right. So, somewhere around that. Just because, I know, especially as a kid, as far as the, the way that um, all this is presented, it feels like Luke was only there for a couple of days. Right. At yeah. most. You don't see him sleep, do we? No. It, it just and also how quick it moves too. It's really hard to get a, a sense of time. Yeah. And um, Dagobah doesn't have any sort of change in lighting or anything to indicate day change. Yeah, it's pretty dark, and swampy. Um, and then um, can you name like another time maybe a Jedi, either in a movie or a book? Use the Force to look at the future? So this isn't canon anymore, but uh, one of the fan favorite games, the first Force Unleashed. Okay. Um, Starkiller used that uh, ability where basically, yeah, he looked into the future to see what exactly was going to happen to um, the early rebellion. The Force Unleashed oh, is okay. before A New Hope. Okay, okay. Um, cool. I can't remember if he if this was before or after the rebellion leaders were captured, but whatever he was looking at was exactly what happened, like if they're executed or something. Okay, cool. Um, I haven't played the game in a while. Yeah, that's pretty good. Guy got a great memory for these things. So, um, okay. So, do you remember the part where um, C three PO? I mean, everybody, you know, they're all together. They, they land at Lando's Lando's base and. Lando's a friend of um, Han Solo. They, uh, well, Lando, he was a younger version of him, was in the movie Solo, which I don't know if he even really talked much about Lando in the Solo movie. Because but... that movie is not memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all I can remember. I swear I like the movie. It, it's just <laughs> hard to defend. <laughs> Solo is a movie that exists. I, 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 I swear, it, it was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. Um, somewhere there. Um, um, but I guess uh, I think they make mention that Solo beat Londo in a game of cards and won the Millennium Falcon. Is that right? Yes, he won in so, Sabacc. Yeah. Um, but there is a, a short scene where um, a robot that looks like C-3PO meets C-3PO and C-3PO like, tries to talk to it and the robot says something and and C-3PO says, how rude, and do we know the name of that other C-3PO looks like? Uh, the, in the old canon somewhere, being the old canon, it, it of course had some sort of name. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Word. But is that, trying to say that, was that, was that, when you saw that, was that your first, like, way to, <gasps> Darth Vader must be here? I am, what always confused me more than the robot as a kid was, um, uh, when you hear the stormtroopers get uh, C-3PO in that room, you hear them go, oh, who are you? And oh, they, they, right. they draw the guns on that's him. That's right, that's right, uh, yeah. I remember so much of my childhood was of me trying to figure out who exactly the voice was. I, I knew it was a bad guy, obviously, but like, yeah. I couldn't figure out if it was a stormtrooper because it didn't 100% sound like one. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering, is it a bounty hunter? Yeah. Well, like, there was, like, these... Weird creatures that were in there too. That I don't know if they were the Ugnots. Yeah, okay, that, that's what they were. But, um, and somehow they either chop off, they they, they chop C three PO different pieces, or shoot them down into. And, and C three PO is about to go down this like I don't know this like conveyor belt oh. to the big fire and stuff. And, okay, you just reminded me too. Okay, so the one scene earlier where uh, Vader has all the bounty hunters lined up, Boba, Bosk, all of them, wherever. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones you can see is IG-88, which was like this weird, really tall robot-looking thing that looked like he had like a T-pitcher as a head. Yeah. Um, what's cool is uh, when Chewbacca goes into the uh, the trash compactor thing looking for C-3PO, uh, you can see a resin up the back wall is that droid bounty hunter. Oh, really? Wow. So he actually got there before Boba Fett or the Empire did. But Boba Fett obviously killed him. Yeah. To get the bounty. I always wow. like that detail. Uh, that's cool, yeah, because he wanted it before. He wanted the money now. And and at, th at this point, is Boba Fett, even though we don't know it in the story, but he is trying to get it for Jabba the Hutt. 
Yeah, he wants to double cash the bounty. Yeah. Because, obviously, Vader put out his own bounty on it, too. So he's like, okay, cool. So, since Vader doesn't want the body, I'll just go ahead and just give him the proof of the deed and then just turn him over to Jabba. Cool, double cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so Obi-Wan, another little line of dialogue. Um, Obi-Wan says to Yoda, that boy is our last hope. And then Yoda says, no, no there there's is another. another. And at first I was like, you know, question mark, what? And then, um, so who is that another hope? Leia. Leia, Princess Leia. Now, it's it's uh, it's it's not uh, in your face, but I guess if you read between the lines, uh, that's what it is. So, um, did, did you see that when you first, when you first viewing did you know that, that i always felt like it was leia but me being the weird kid i was i made sure to read way deeper into it than i was supposed to and figured it has to be somebody else i'm not thinking of nope it's leia yeah yeah because <laughs> does even leia have a use uh, able to use she can't use the force okay that's why i wanted she has a latent power of the force in her but uh the other thing i was going to talk about too but uh, before we get too far away from it yeah. Was uh, Lando and the Cloud City and whatever. Yeah. I love that planet, the design oh, of it. It's pretty cool. I mean, um, and land and how Lando fits onto it, just that general uneasiness while uh, before uh, Vader shows up at the dinner table. Now, how did Lando? Did we find out how did Lando acquire this city? Yeah, he he won it from the previous administration. Okay, okay. probably for a game of cards or whatever. Uh, um. No, the whole design of it too, just like the use of color, just the bright like orange sunset that's out all the time. That's pretty. Really Which makes it cooler too. Is that's another special edition change. Oh. Uh, the parts where they're chasing after Boba Fett through those uh, stark white hallways, in the special editions they remove some walls to where you can see open balconies looking out onto the city and see oh. all orange and whatever. Oh wow! I actually that's one of the things I actually prefer to the original cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I. I even though I kind of like how harsh the white is, just as far as the sterileness to it, I definitely like the sunset more. Better. I just, I, I never really care for how really constructive and really just movie set setty look it, it did in the original cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if you had to of, of like the lava world, the ice world, and the cloud world land, which one were you? Like the best. Oh man, I've always loved Best been the best. <laughs> <laughs> Although then still Hoth is still really cool too. Yeah. Um, is there another land that we see later that uh take the cake? Bespin, Hoth, and um I'm trying to think. Crate? Crate. I'm really iffy about Last Jedi, but Crate was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, Bespin, as far as the use of color, just that uneasiness that basically, yeah, uh, especially during the middle of this war time and how oppressive the Empire is, it, it, you just get this feeling, it's like, it's too perfect here. Yeah. They're hiding <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah. That basically, you're just like, so, okay, what's going on here that Lando gets to do his own thing without any Empire supervision? When basically the whole purpose of clouds, as far as like what their economy is, is uh, they uh, mine gas, or that's that what they get their economy from. Oh, okay. So uh, is this just like gasoline gas, or this as opposed to it's Tabana gas? I don't know what that does in the universe. I- I'm going to assume uh, unless uh, there's some other source or no somebody knows Star Wars better than me that it pretty much is petroleum. Was this was this the same gas or a different gas that was? Um... In was it Attack of the Clones or another Star Wars movie where like that was Dioxus and that was Poison Gas? Oh, okay, okay. Um, because so, I thought there was a thing that said no, there's no gas anywhere else. It's only in one place, and but there was two places. That was pretty much more. That wasn't gas, gas so much as like you can more think of like a a gas grenade. Oh, <laughs> here you go. Um. Uh. No, uh, no, like seriously, 
there that's a monopoly right there to cloud say and that's yeah. what I, that's the whole thing come back to basically yeah. why does lando get to do this by himself yeah and you could tell, I think, that Leia was very distrustful. Like, do you trust this guy? Well, and how uneasy, too, right, when you meet Leia, too, as far as, like, the, the, the really, like, serious face and the walk he does towards yeah. Uh, Han. Yeah, right. It's like, and, uh, uh, well, what's weird, too, is when he starts to hug Han, there's this look that always catches me to this day that uh, it's probably me reading a bit too deep into it. There's a certain look that he gives uh, Chewbacca over Han's shoulder. He kind of looks him in the eye like like this a little bit. Yeah. And then kind of yeah. goes back to happy face a bit. Right, yeah. But I'm just kind of thinking, it's like, that's got to mean something. Yeah, what are you hiding, man? Well, yeah. you're, I, I still kind of want to uh, think that's maybe his attempt at basically thinking, man, sh- should I tell him? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that last little bit of conscience. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind uh, of cool. good acting from Billy D. Williams, especially if that is what they meant. The look wasn't yeah. just a look, right? Right. Um, and I guess we can talk about a little bit about the the betrayal scene. Should we talk about with with Lando leading them? So, so I know. Okay, I've always hated the way that they they put uh, Lando in that movie. That they basically want you to view Lando as somebody who's only out for himself, and that he is. Um, that he just wants the the the, the Taban and Marber out of this. That he doesn't care about the rebellion. And that's what I'm basically thinking is, yeah. Even though he does do the whole thing with Taban, I guess he is still a mayor figure. This yeah. is a city. He has a population to look out after. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is it really that unreasonable that he did sell out the rebellion when he has no stake in it and he has people to look after? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish more Star Wars projects in the future would maybe examine it in that lens. Yeah, maybe give him a little slack. Because I know Lando does have an upcoming series on Disney Plus. Right, I did hear about that. Is going to be an actor? Do you know, or is it younger? Lando? I think it might be Childish Gambino again. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then, uh, and you you do hear later after Lando does, you know, basically lead them to Darth Vader, good guys. He does try to apologize to. You know, Princess Leia and Chewbacca. I think Chewbacca tries to choke, kill them, kill Lando, I think, but then he lets go. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why he's going there. He's like, uh, I, I, it's nothing personally. I just, I need him out of the city. Yeah. Yeah. And we do see Lando again in Return of the Jedi. Right? Yes. We do. So, um, and then, uh, Let's see. Oh, well, the thing is that Lando was apparently told by um, Darth Vader that Darth Vader would like let some people go. But yeah, that was the original so, deal. He, as he says, that basically, um, give me Han and Luke, and, and then I, I will leave your city alone. You can keep uh, Leia and Chewbacca, and. and uh, but they have to stay in the city, and then that's where he changes the deal to, I want Leia and Chewbacca now, too. Yeah. I am altering the deal. Cray, I do not alter and the that's deal. What, yeah, that's what Lando kind of quickly figures out. He's like, yeah, you, I, I can't keep accepting the deal. He, he's going to keep changing it to whatever he wants. Right, yeah. He's going to walk out. If I keep this deal going, uh, the, the city itself is probably going to be a stipulation. Yeah, right. It'll be just controlled by the Empire. Well, and that's what Vader even says too when he think when he starts to see that Lando's really second guessing the deal. As he goes, uh, it would be unfortunate if I had to leave a garrison behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what's funny too is apparently in the uh, in both canons, after Lando left uh, Cloud City at the end of the movie, yeah, Vader did leave a garrison behind. Oh, okay, yeah. That so, yeah, it's yeah. apparently Bespin was under occupation for a while. Um and. Does that garrison leave after Return of the Jedi? They probably had to liberate it. Okay. Yeah. I almost wish they could have a trilogy series that would take place between Return of the Jedi and... There's an old series called uh, Heir to the Empire, and it was exactly what you're thinking of. It was them fighting the Imperial... Yeah, the Imperial Remnant was the big villain for, uh, for like a few years. Oh, okay. In the old books. Okay, okay. 
uh, even Jedi Outcast, the Jedi Knights uh, series did a lot of that as far as just like uh, finding uh, holdout bases and whatever. Wow, okay. That would be neat to read sometime. I know a lot of fans still really wish that they would they would have just done uh, an adaptation of Heir to the Empire as the new trilogy instead of the new trilogy. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially since the villain we got from that series, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, is so well-loved that that character who is said that, uh, he is supposed to be like one of the biggest generals alongside Tarkin, that he was in another sector of the galaxy while the main war was going on. That's why he was never called in. Oh, wow. But they said that he is literally like a tactical genius. That his whole deal was that he could he could study an enemy uh, an enemy faction's culture and their art and whatever, and, and be able to learn their uh, strategies and more about them just by watching. Wow, wow. That uh, he, he this was about like three or four years after Return of the Jedi that aired the Empire set and that. Oh. In that time, he almost did undo the New Republic. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, let's see. And then I guess we um, come back to, I guess the climax, or not climax, but the, one of the end, the ending scene. You know, um, there's a bit, there's a big fight between um, Darth Vader and Luke. And. Okay, let's gush yeah. about uh, set design more. Because, <laughs> okay. man, the carbon freezing chamber, all that stuff is still okay, some yeah, of my talk, favorite uh, scenes that. in Star Wars. I, I love the way everything looks, both when Luke's there, but also when Han and the rest of the group are there. As far as, like, the uh, the neon orange set against the, uh, the, the dark blues in the background. Those yeah. colors in there are just wonderful. Um, so this... Uh... If this if this carbon freeze idea has there been any other really movie that has ever used such that was an idea? part of one of the Clone Wars arcs. Um, oh, okay. That basically uh, Anakin, Obi Wan, and I think Ahsoka all let themselves be frozen carbonite because oh, the okay. en- uh, the enemy planet they wanted to invade they had a uh, a, a sensor that they could. Uh, see what sort of life was inside any incoming ships that they could just immediately lock everything, uh, the planet down if they thought invaders were coming. Oh, wow. That, yeah, the carbon freeze, it, it suspended all their vitals and more of it that they could skip past. Oh, okay. Um, um, and I guess, I think I remember them saying in the movie that that there's a chance that Han Solo wouldn't survive the carbon freeze, but then um, has, has, there been, has there ever been an unsuccessful carbon freeze then? Do you remember? I imagine so. And it, it makes sense too as far as what carbon freezing chamber that it's it's suspended animation. Yeah. But the other thing though too... Um, so is our heart still beating or no? I'm not sure. They never really yeah. explained it. Yeah. Is... I can't remember. I was getting ready to say no. <laughs> My fault. Um, so about the carbon freeze. Oh yeah. Uh, apparently the original plan was to have Han die in the original script, but uh, George Lucas didn't want it. Ha- uh, Harrison Ford was pushing for it. He thought he, he liked the stakes. Oh. I-, I swear, every single movie after uh, A New Hope, Harrison Ford wanted Han to die. Oh wow. It's a thing again in Return of the Jedi as well. Oh wow. We'll, we'll talk about that. Next time, um, something else about the set design. Um, did you like the area that they chose to have the fight between Darth Vader and Luke? Yes, the harsh silhouette. That's still one as my favorite lightsaber fight is still the one between Luke and Vader on the second Death Star and Return of the Jedi. But visually, yeah, Empire Strikes Back takes the cake. The yeah. the, the harsh black silhouettes against the blue and orange. Yeah. And even to the other rooms that they move into, whether well, like weird tunnels and more underneath the carbon freezing chamber. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets thrown out the window into that weird like open chasm. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, that, man, please, I want to see this movie for the first time again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going back to it today, so you can watch it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, um, you, uh, uh, let's see. It doesn't look like he falls down, but he jumps right back up. The yeah. Whole thing. So. And Vader actually didn't even notice him at first. He thought he was still on the thing. But yeah, that's why you hear the uh, clang, clang, bash uh, of him uh, 
cutting through the wires and whatever. And so Luke just gained this ability to jump very high because of his Jedi training. Yeah, all the Jedi uh, and Seth Warrior had that sort of like exaggerated physical movement they can do. Okay. What's funny too is uh, Clone Wars uh, somewhat addressed this sort of thing too as far as how much more physical and fast uh, Force users are where basically there are a few times where uh, in uh, the Clone Wars where uh, basically they're running or whatever and Obi-Wan purposely runs slower so that he can run side by side with Cody. Oh, wow. Now, something's interesting, I, I this question just popped in my mind, was we can see Luke being able to jump really high, but we don't really see, like, let's say Darth Vader having those same physical skills. Is that because Darth Vader is Because older? the suit. Oh, the suit causes him to get weighed down. I think I talked about this. Uh, Palpatine purposely gave him an outdated suit as punishment for losing oh. to Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Um... That basically, for one, it just totally limited what all he could do movement-wise, for one, but also uh, it's an outdated model that it actually ca- it causes him physical pain. Oh. Uh, and I just remember the other th- thing, though, too, I was going to talk about with Boba Fett. Yeah, right ahead. It's such a short little moment that I always loved it is that little shootout between Luke and Boba Fett out in the middle of the hallway where they wow. have Han and Carbonite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things, though, too, that I always thought was funny when I was a kid as far as the implications of it is basically the whole plan is Vader and Boba Fett were going to use Han in the carbonite brick thing. They're using that as bait to draw Luke out. Mm-hmm. So, And they're walking that hallway when Luke found him. Why I've always wondered when I was a kid was how many times, how many laps did they do around the hallway before Luke found them? <laughs> 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 Uh, I can just picture them on the like ninety seventh yeah. lap around that that I'm, ring. It's like, like getting, come on, I'm getting kind of tired. <laughs> but also, one of the subtler details though too is um, Luke turns the corner immediately, goes back and hides against the wall when he sees Boba coming. Yeah. One of the subtler details I liked about that though is when he backs against the wall, and you hear the uh, him unclip the uh, pistol and pull it out. If you look at the background, you can see Boba. Turn his head and look down the hall. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, which kind of explains why uh, when he goes further down the hall and starts to walk, Bubba fires on him. Yeah. It's kind of cool uh, to think that he's that he actually knew Luke was there and actually heard the uh, pistol on clip. Yeah. I, I always love the little details like that. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing to catch. All right. So, uh, I don't know, there's something else you wanted to talk about, uh, Andrew. Um, I think I said what I wanted to say. Okay, is that it? Okay. Um, so let's talk about, um, probably the most famous quote or misquote of, uh, Empire Strikes Back or of the original Star Wars, um, trilogy. A lot of people think, um... That Darth Vader says, Luke, Luke, I am your father. Luke, I am your father. But really, Darth Vader says, no, I am your father. It's definitely sort of our uh, need to contextualize what isn't there. Just mm. because it, it, it wouldn't really make sense for us to say to somebody, no, I am your father. Yeah. <laughs> because who or what is no. Right. Yeah. It just sounds... I remember... Um, I remember I probably was maybe nine, ten years old. I probably ten. I was happening to watch an episode of The Simpsons, and there was an episode where um, Homer Simpson goes to see uh, Empire Strikes Back, and when he gets out of the theater, and he basically ruins the movie experience for everyone else by saying, "Hey, Darth Vader is Luke's father," and everybody's like, "No, why did you ruin it for me?" So I just. Every time I watch this movie, I think of that um, scene from The Simpsons. But, um, um, yeah. what when you, when you saw that scene and when you heard that, were you surprised? Or were you like, oh, I could see it coming? Unfortunately, just because of how it ties to the VHS, they, Dave Moore's sort of thing, um, I was talking about earlier, 
I actually don't know my reaction to the uh, I'm Your Father thing. Yeah. I don't remember it. But for those that didn't see it coming, I mean, definitely a plot twist. And then um, it just, uh, I think it was a stroke of genius. I really did think, you know, I'm glad George Lucas, you know, did that. This is definitely, this whole movie is definitely like the, a good example of what a sequel should be. I feel like a good sequel should definitely like have a uh, long lasting, undeniably like good impact on a franchise. That's like definitely one of the big things that people miss is good. Right. So many, like you said, so many sequels are, are, are not that good. I mean, there's, it seems like at least 50% of them, I guess you could say are worse than the first ones. Because that's why, like, with Last Jedi, especially if you if you do not like it, uh, it's definitely one of those sorts of things of like, yeah, it did a lot of like subverting your expectations, but how much of it was actually good? Yeah. Um. So there's that sort of criteria, but oh, you mean La- you mean Return of the Jedi or Last Jedi? Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Okay, Episode Eight. Did I say yeah. Return of the Jedi? I think no, you said Last Jedi. I'm just just making sure. Um, there's that criteria, but also so much other things that this film does, right? As far as like just expanding the world, that, right. that it definitely did that. We right. so much more insight to what the force is, but also, you know, the just how much how many more memorable worlds there are now to investment in Dagobah, Hoth, wherever, right? And, and uh, figuring out about the bounty hunters or sort of thing, too. It's kind of cool, right? Um, it's like. Yeah, um, so just um, it was, I mean, I, I disagree with everything you said pretty much. I mean, just, yeah, on this movie, um, probably more, maybe, maybe if George Lucas had more money, he could use to make things better, and he did. He didn't waste it, you know? What I find funny, too, is uh, this is everybody's favorite um, Star Wars movie besides either A New Hope and more recently Revenge of the Sith. But what's funny about that is Empire Strikes Back is definitely the ones out of the the first six that George Lucas had the least involvement with. Wow. Because Irvin Kirshner directed the movie, not George Lucas, even though he still did. George Lucas obviously still was heavily involved in the creation process and mm. the father thing and whatever. But yeah, yeah he, as far as like being as hands-on, yeah, he, he was the least one on this one. Wow. So... Well, then I guess I take back my statement. As far as George Lucas making things better, had more money, but I guess he didn't whoever did. License out Star Wars to yeah. Urban. Like, went up to McDonald's and said, Hey, can you. You want make a Star Wars movie? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll help you make it for me if you give me a double quarter pounder with cheese. Royale's cheese. <laughs> uh, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I haven't thought long enough to in my head to make a top ten or top twelve of all the Star Wars movies. But maybe when we finally get through all of them, I I'll have a when we a get tier through list. all eleven of them. Yeah, all eleven. <laughs> you know, or yeah, all eleven. All eleven of the twelve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that one really weird fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, everything was really great. I, I can't think of anything negative about this movie. It was a joy to watch. Um, so did any last words, if we were to, uh, would we give this movie five stars or any last words? I'm biased as crap. So it's of course going to be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I think if you wanted to like be absolutely bottom of the barrel nitpicky and just you know just really want to look for a criticism i think you can maybe say like the uh the b plot with hans han and leia and like whatever goes on with them when luke's not on screen that could drag this the smidge mm. but even then it's no yeah i <laughs> hey it's it's a 10 and a 10 in my book too so, I mean, there's a few other Star Wars movies I'd probably give 10 out of 10, but this is one of them. So, alrighty, well. Wait, uh, one more thing I was going to say, too. Yeah. I, I talked about this, but just, I really want to just 
talk about it some more? Sure, yeah. The tone of this movie, because I, I know a lot of people talk about the dark, the darker tone of it. The tone balancing for me is what's so good about this movie that, again, they they have this darker subject matter uh, uh, with, like, you know, just how with Crab, like, you uh, the Phantom Vader fighting Luke on Dagobah and more oh, like this stuff. Right. I just kind of started with the betrayals and more of a sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like Revenge of the Sith's more oppressively dark. To where, right. you know, where there's child murder and whatever. Right. Uh, it, it still does have a certain upbeat and um, adventure sort of thing where you're just like, I, I still love this world. It still feels like good things happen wherever. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's, it still feels fun. Yeah. And it's a nice, and it's a nice movie too, because in a way, maybe it's kind of realistic because, uh, as realistic as you can get in a sci-fi movie, but that, um, the good guys might not always win at the end. And, and, and again, nothing I'm trashing Revenge of the Sith because I, I really feel like that tone works that movie. I just think that them doing the way they did it for this Empire Strikes Back, that it's impressive that they were able to do it. That they didn't go too heavily into either tone. Yeah. Good stuff. Anything else? I think that's it for me. All right. Well, that's it for me, too. So thank you again for joining us on uh, the review and talk and ramblings of uh, Star Wars Emperor Strikes Back. And the next one we will do is Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So uh, hopefully we'll get that done for you uh, next month. Take care, everyone. Bye.